You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 125 of the Well Women podcast. You're tuning in to the episode about anal butt plugs and sexual shame with Asti Marie. Asti is an amazing pleasure treasure coach. She's also the mother of the online store Pleasure Treasures, which is luxury sex toys and guided home practices. I invited Asti on the show because she is a feminine sexual embodiment coach and she helps women reclaim their feminine sensual essence so they can cultivate the type of love, sex, business and life that turns them on. I'll throw in there to add to her bio and makes them wet because in this episode we are talking all things sexual shame, particularly around anal and the use of butt plugs. So in this episode with Asti, we really dive into what sexual shame is, the areas that sexual shame can be attached to around sex. We talk about moving through this sexual shame to reclaiming your sexual empowerment. We also touch on co-celibacy and becoming really intimate through celibacy, talking about creating a self-pleasure practice and what that can look like for you and how you can begin that process if you're brand new to self-pleasure. And then we dive into the topic of butt plugs. We talk about anal penetration, anal stimulation, and how you can start an anal sex practice, along with creating safe sex boundaries around this. This is a really juicy episode. And if you want to learn more about Asti before you jump into this episode, head over to Instagram and look up Asti, A-S-T-I dot Marie, M-A-R-E-E on Instagram and you'll find her there and you can check her out and see what she looks like so you can put a face to the name whilst we go through this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed recording this episode with Asti and opening up another sex conversation that really is taboo and a little bit shamed. Let's talk about it. Butt plugs and anal is definitely shamed and how we can normalize these kind of conversations to make them common, but also to create openness with our community, with our partners, our loved ones, our friends and families, and most importantly, ourselves. So enjoy this episode, whether you're walking, driving, working, making food, or just laying in the sun. This episode is brought to you by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Asti, welcome to the Well Women podcast. 
Hello, Gemma. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm very excited for this conversation because I know <laughs> I know it could go in so many different directions. Um, before we jump into it, though, let's just let me control myself. Tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on today and how are you checking in in this moment? I am on day seven. Um, I actually, like I said to you, I had a really beautiful morning this morning. So I, as my morning routine to check in with myself, I put on some sexy music and I literally stayed in bed for like two hours after I woke up and I just like rolled around in the sheets, touching myself, tapping into pleasure. So yummy. Like that's what I love about being in a relationship. And I've been single now for like nearly a year. So I'm like... I can just give all the things to myself that I desire from a lover, including sleeping in, rolling around in bed, sexy, sweaty, morning sex, Mm -hmm. all of the yum. (laughs) I love that you spoke to that because sometimes it is one of the biggest things that you can like miss from having a, a relationship is that physical connection, not even just the conversation, but the actual physical connection with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that, some single and I'll speak to the single women that some single women just get on with their day and they don't tap into self-pleasure and we're going to talk about self-pleasure today but Mm -hmm. it makes me so happy to hear that you're like hell yeah I'm rolling around in the street in the in the streets in the streets (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) rolling around in, in your sheets because it's just honoring yourself and spending that time of connection which is so beautiful so thank you for sharing And you deserve pleasure whether you're in a relationship or you're single and you can't just be relying on a partner to give you that. Like that's your power and your gift within yourself and you have total control to release that and enjoy that aspect of yourself whenever you desire. You totally do. And so being on day seven, how, like when did you finish bleeding? Um, I bleed for normally three or four days. So a few days ago. Yeah. And so do you notice that when you end your menstruation and move into this inner spring follicular stage of recycle, do you notice a change in your sexual pleasure desire? I notice it definitely when I'm ovulating. Like those five days, I'm like, whoo, <laughs> like juicy down there, like turned on, mm-hmm. getting all the work, getting all the things done, like making shit happen in my business. So I definitely notice that. I'm not somebody that's very much affected by my bleed a day or two before I might feel a little bit meh once I start bleeding it just feels like I don't get cramps I'm one of those lucky people where I just kind of don't even notice that I'm bleeding well you <laughs> actually- I enjoy I enjoy this like the energetic release I do mm. enjoy that the slowing down and the like the permission to be still and the release but mm. on a physical level I'm yeah <laughs> Beautiful. Nothing much changes. I'm pretty yeah. lucky. And you, you, like you're saying you're lucky. I just want to like share that you're actually not lucky. You're just healthy. Well, it's balanced. normal, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. That is normal. Like really, mm. really normal. It's common that a lot of women other, you know, have those experiences. But I asked that question to you around, do you notice a change in your sexual desire? Because I definitely do. Like I bleed for mm-hmm. around three, four days. Um, I had a termination in 2020. And so after that, I did notice a, sh- a slightly longer bleed, the, like, you know, so I've been bleeding slightly longer since then, but normally about four days, come day five, day six, I'm like, yeah, like 
self-pleasure is back. <laughs> I notice it. I literally I'm alive. It. She's yeah. back. I was like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> um, hence why I asked you that question. But yeah, tell us who is Asti and what is it that you do? I know you're a fellow Aussie, which is beautiful, and you're the Kiwi. Kiwi. Kiwi in Aussie. <laughs> I know you live in Aussie. Don't get um, that wrong. <laughs> especially for the Aussies and the Kiwis out there. For everyone else around the world, you're like, you're the same, right? Um, but you're the mother of pleasure treasures, but tell us who are you and what is it that you do? Yeah. So this question, I'm always like, where do I start with this? So overall, my purpose is to connect women to their feminine essence, to their pleasure, to what it means to be alive and living as a woman in a female body and how beautiful that gets to feel, how exciting it gets to be. I feel like so many women disconnect from this and we get stuck in this like masculine way of doing, doing, hustling, grinding. And I just give women the permission to take a step back and come back into pleasure. And instead of using pleasure as a reward, once you feel like you're enough, using pleasure as the tool to remind you that you always were. So when you lead with love and you lead with pleasure, anchoring into that place and starting from there, that's where your life unfolds in a really beautiful and easy way, where you become a magnet for all the things that you desire, right? The feminine receives, she doesn't go out and get. So being in your pleasure, it's like your magnetism is your power. So you can surrender into your pleasure and open up energetically to receive all of those things that you're wanting to call in. And it's just such a beautiful way to be. <laughs> it is. It is. And I've been on both sides of this scale. I'm on the present side where I am able to call in and enjoy all of these beautiful aspects of myself. But I've been on the flip side where I've been completely shut down, full of shame. And so having, I, I don't want to call it transformed, but transitioned, I've definitely... Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to say to everybody, like, yeah, you own this and you can. Yeah. Because the transition yeah. is beautiful once you get through the other side too. But I know that your story is quite diverse in how, mm-hmm. I guess, this journey really began for you. So share with me your story and how this journey to self-pleasure and owning this beautiful feminine embodiment began for you. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was younger... When I was a kid, actually, I was really in touch with my sensuality and my sexuality. I started self-pleasuring at a really young age. And I remember it was when I first had sex with a partner that I felt like it no longer belonged to me. I started using my sexuality um, as a way to keep the love from my partners. So it was no longer about me. It was all about them. And so over time, I just became more and more disconnected from my pleasure Also growing up, like watching movies and porn, I think this is something that we all do. We compare our sexuality, our pleasure and our orgasm from what we see on TV, movies, porn. And it doesn't always look that way, right? Like you're not always in the mood straight away and having an orgasm five minutes in. And so I would question myself and I would say, how come my sexual experience doesn't look this way? What's wrong with me? Am I broken? Uh, My first relationship two years I didn't even have an orgasm and I couldn't even find it in me to bring it up in conversation it's like if he was happy I was happy and that was it Mm. Um, so I mean the journey of like really beginning to reclaim this the first step for me was pole dancing so this is where I 
was able to fully express myself and my sexuality with movement, um, that quickly led into stripping. So I guess that was like the, the catalyst for everything. Um, just being surrounded with all the other incredible women that I was working with, not only did they give me permission to own my sexuality and celebrate it shamelessly, but even just like seeing other women naked, because I mean, a lot of us as well struggle with body confidence and seeing all these incredible women naked and like the just how different we all look, but how beautiful we all are in our own way. I was able to recognize my own beauty, right? And realize that there was nothing wrong with me. We're just all different and that's beautiful, that's okay. One thing that really stood out for me in the first couple of years of me dancing was the response that I would get from other women. So telling other women that I was a stripper, I would be met with this like 50% like really curious and like, oh my God, that's amazing. Tell me more. And 50% shaming and like judging me. Like, I can't believe you do this. This is disgusting. And by 50-50, I mean like it's one person meeting me with both of these energies, right? And it took me a little while to realize that the way that women were responding to me as a stripper is the same way that they were relating to their own sexuality. Right. That was a big mic drop. Yeah. So they're like, of course, they want to like own this part of themselves and get to know that aspect of themselves more. But they're also shaming it because society's taught us constantly over time in one way or another that our sexuality is dirty, shameful, disgusting. We're taught to disown it. So it's this constant battle, right, of wanting to be more sexual, not being enough, being too much. Um, And that's where I really kind of made the, I guess from that point, I made the decision that this is something that I want to work on. I want to give other women everything that stripping's given me, but obviously in a more safe and supportive container. And that's where I started coaching. Amazing. I love this story because the old me, you know, if you had, so I'm nearly, I'm 35 this year. If you Mm -hmm. had gone back to the 24, 25 year old version of me, if you had said, oh yeah, I used to work as a stripper. Yeah. I did it for like five years and you know, I loved it. I would have been like, what? Really? Mm." But as I've got to know my own body and my own self, I've been able to further expand and explore, not even expand, but accept different people's perceptions of things and different Mm -hmm. people's movements and transitions and experiences and it's really interesting because you mentioned about like that shame side and then also the beginning of your journey where you know you didn't have an orgasm with your first partner for however long is and I feel like that was me too in my first relationship which was seven years long but it comes the first thing that came to mind for me was thinking about the patriarchal world that we live in and that a lot of if you go back 100 years or even 50 years or even 30 years the women really served the men and that was because the men provided for the women Mm -hmm. and if you think about that and that's very heterosexual (laughs) but you know a man provides for the household and the woman provides for the men Mm -hmm. children cleaning cooking sex Mm -hmm. and so 
a lot of times women, and this is just what I see in my own coaching work and through the Well Women Academy, I see that a lot of women feel like they have to please the man first. And I've yeah. noticed this in my own sexual experience. And it then draws to mind, Gemma's off in a rant, but then draws to mind um, David Dieta's teachings that men crave the freedom and women crave the love. And so mm-hmm. if the woman is craving the love, you know, if she doesn't put out, then she's not going to receive the love that she desires. And exactly. if a man doesn't feel free to like have sex when he wants, how he wants, how many times he wants, then he doesn't feel free. And then, so he won't give the love to the woman. And mm-hmm. it's this de- codependent style relationship, which ultimately isn't enlightening. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right there. Like women are craving love more than anything. I think that's what that that's what gives us a true sense of fulfillment and contentment is our ability to give and receive love. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women are using their sexuality as a tool to feel worthy for their partner's love. And this is a big journey that I've been on, but even, even over the years as I've been going into this, it's gotten even one layer deeper over the last 10 months. So I don't know if I mentioned this to you already, but it's funny, sexuality coach, but I've actually been practicing intentional celibacy the last 10 months. And it's for Ooh. this exact reason, right? So, so many women are so desperate to fall in love, as I've just mentioned, that kind of all their needs and their boundaries and desires get pushed aside to serve their partner, to, to earn love. But when you do the work to deeply and truly love yourself, you no longer need the love from the people around you. You no longer care about being accepted, right? But you've already got that need met. So then you can stand strong in your boundaries and your needs and your desires. I just had an idea. We need to have a a podcast episode (laughs) about celibacy because (laughs) we can do that. We can have all the chats (laughs) because this is so true. Like um, I know you personally don't know this, but I'll I'll just share. So I went through a traumatic um, experience with an ex-partner last year and it ended in a termination after, you know, ending the relationship due to trauma, sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I decided to, to move forward with a termination to ultimately, one, terminate the relationship, but also it's just something I couldn't move forward. And that was a huge process for me because I went from thinking if a soul comes into my life and I become pregnant, regardless of the situation, I would have the baby. Like my whole life, that's what I thought. And then I had to change all of this perception. But because of the trauma that I experienced in that relationship, I opened up myself to experiencing a lot of sexual shame. And so after the termination, I went through a period of celibacy where I really, it's a funny topic to think about, but maybe we can talk on another episode about it in more depth. But, you know, after having a surgery around termination and having your cervix used in that particular way, you know, you can't use a tampon, you can't use a menstrual cup. You literally, everything has to be external. There's no penetrative sex for a period of time. You can't bathe in walk like, um, bodies of water for a period of time it really just got me disgusted with my body I just I didn't Mm. want to touch myself I you know and I love to yoni cup every morning it's my first thing I do now my partner does it for me (laughs) which I'm so like he like he'll get I love it he'll get up at like you know quarter past four in the morning he's left by 4 40 to go to the gym but he spends 10 minutes cuddling with me in bed and he'll yoni cup whilst I'm like half asleep and he's like oh Oh, I love you. And then he goes to the gym and I'm like, let him be free, let him be free and let him come back to love. But it's interesting going through that celibacy. It's, it teaches you so much about your body, but also 
your sexual energy and your sexual desire, but also how you can use that energy to put back into other aspects of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Total rant, but yeah, yeah. like, thank you for totally. Sharing. Like, so first of all, it teaches you how to be your own best lover. So, so many women will say to me, like the biggest complaint, oh, men move too fast. They rush through everything. It's just about running, rushing to orgasm. They go straight for the clit, right? We've heard, heard all these complaints before. My first question is always, okay, so how do, how do you make love to yourself, right? And most women masturbate in the same way that they're, they're receiving love from their partners, but they're complaining about the way that their partners make love to them. So you can't expect anyone to make love to you in a way that you don't make love to yourself. So over these last 10 months, I've been on a journey of like being my own best lover, coming back to that practice that I mentioned this morning, like rolling around in bed, touching myself, turning myself on, touching myself in the way I desire a lover to. When you do this, you set the standard, right? You're, you're like more embodied in your worth and you know what's possible. You know what you deserve. So you're not going to settle for anything less. Mm-hmm. Something that's really important that I've noticed and, you know, I say to my partner, like, you know, you amplify my happiness because I am already fully content and happy in myself. But if I... It's overflow. Yeah. Literally, I actually share this um, inside the World Women Academy. I have a whole class on this. Yeah. But when you feel great in your body and you're happy with who you are and the contention of who you are and going through a termination definitely taught me a deeper level of connection with myself and self-awareness and understanding that it literally just amplifies and there's so much more and it, it can be so overwhelming sometimes I just fucking cry for no reason because I'm so overwhelmed yes yes those um, tears of gratitude yeah and yeah. it is it is possible but I love that you're on this journey and and teaching women this because self-pleasure is such a, a shamed topic and being a period educator in school period educational teacher in schools mm-hmm. I can't even talk let alone teach in school, <laughs> is that it really comes back to understanding that there's a lot of sexual shame yeah you know at, at yeah. The, those ages and misconceptions for many different reasons mm-hmm. um, but let's talk about pleasure and self-pleasure and what your I guess your tips are for women who would like to activate this kind of sexuality and self-pleasure practice with themselves like what would you recommend Um, If you're just starting out, I mean, the best thing is just to go in with no intention, but just to explore your body. So most of the time when we think of self-pleasure, we think of orgasm. So women are self-pleasuring with that goal of having orgasm. And what I find happens is when you are really goal-orientated, and it's interesting because the way I talk and teach about sexuality always comes back to everyday life as well. But if you're really focused on the goal of having an orgasm, First of all, you become quite narrow-minded, right? You're like just focusing on that one goal, powering forward to have an orgasm. So you block out so many different other opportunities of like how pleasure might show up, how you might experience orgasm. But the other thing is when you are focusing on that end goal, you're also putting your body under more pressure and more stress, which cuts you off from orgasm. So by removing that goal altogether, it allows you to take a step back and actually open up and to surrender into more pleasure. And it's almost like a catch 22, because when you do that, it actually allows you to fold into the pleasure in that moment, which then folds into orgasm. And why I said this relates to life, like you can think of it in the same way as if you're focusing on this one goal, 
a good example is me and my business. When I first started, I was like, to be successful, I need 20 one-on-one clients. And that was it, right? I was like focusing on that, focusing on that, focusing on that. And then one day I was just like, oh, I was tired. And like you get tired and exhausted of pushing forward. And I was like, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to open myself up to all different avenues of, of possibilities and how success might show up. And as soon as I did that, like everything changed. I started doing group coaching. I got asked to come and teach on a retreat. I got flown to New Zealand to teach. I got flown actually up to the Gold Coast to teach in an event, at an event. All these other things happened, right? So it's not always about how you think success is going to show up and focusing on that. It's not always about focusing on how you think orgasm is going to show up and chasing that. It's about taking a step back and surrendering. That's what the feminine does. And welcoming in anything, like opening yourself up to all these possibilities. And that's, I mean, that's where you're going to be successful and have the most amazing life. And it's also where you're going to have the most amazing sex. <laughs> you're spot on. It's like the, the pinpoint, the, the peak where you want to be sitting in between. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard to let go of that masculine driven side of yourself. It's like have more, be more, do more, you know, yeah. want more. Yeah, um, I've experienced that transition, <laughs> that deep transition too. Um, but I'd love to hear what your best ways or recommended ways are to heal through sexual shame. So before we talk about that specifically, what are the, the areas that have the most sexual shame that you find? What do you mean by the areas? The areas. So I find if you just look at like sex, that's just the pe- like a lot of perception people listening to this will think, okay, that's just penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. But sexual shame can come from um, having anal is, a, is mm-hmm. a great topic. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of sexual shame around that. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual shame around, oh, but, you know, you should be able to have a vaginal orgasm instead of just a clitoral orgasm and vice versa. Sexual yeah. shame in your body, so how your actual labia or your yoni looks, the yeah. sexual shame around that, the sexual shame around, um, like, for example, being promiscuous mm. versus mm-hmm. being monogamous. Mm. Um, so there's multiple different areas. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Our sexuality is laced with shame exactly. in every aspect. There's mm. no area that's not. Mm. And so when it comes to, that's why the different areas, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> There's I'm so like, many- are you talking about areas of the body? <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? <laughs> but it comes down to a lot of people I find, and if I think of my own journey of healing through sexual shame, if I, um, you know, think about that and then I go, okay, well, I've healed that. Mm-hmm. And then I go through more experiences and more relationships and I'm like, oh, fuck, there's another thing of sexual shame. I thought I'd dealt yeah. with that a few years ago. Yeah. And they... It's, it's really a journey that's ongoing. There's no destination. Yeah. It's about the connection of the present. So when it comes to moving through these sexual shames that you might have all heaped at once and then another few pop up in the future or they might be, you know, drip fed <laughs> throughout mm-hmm. your life, what are the best ways and techniques to move through sexual shame? Um, it depends really what area we're talking about, but I find that the biggest and the most important thing to start with is just acceptance so accepting where you're at so let's first talk about body confidence a lot of women feel shame around their breasts I mean their bodies in general but talking sexuality it's often around the breasts around the way that your vulva looks and I feel like the self-love movement can oftentimes 
put us under even more pressure, right? To feel like we have to love every area of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've learned is that forcing yourself to love something that you don't isn't actually loving, right? So for me, it was always my boobs. I would compare them to movies and be like, I don't have like, like my, my areolas are like a little bit too big. And I like, I actually looked into getting surgery when I was younger until I started working at the strip club and realized I was normal. (laughs) Um, But for me, working around the shame around my breasts, it wasn't about forcing myself to love them. It was about going, okay, I don't love the way that my boobs look, but I'm going to accept that. I accept the fact that I don't love the way that they looked. They look, and instead of it being this downward spiral of like hating them, hating, hating that you hate them, hating that you hate that you hate them and it going on and on. It's just like, I don't like them full stop done. You can move your attention onto something else that actually matters. Right. Um, And accepting something like acceptance is loving, even if it's accepting something that you don't like. Mm -hmm. And when we fall in love, we don't expect to love every single thing about our partner, right? There's always going to be little things that kind of annoy us or things that we don't like. So why do we expect to have to love every aspect of ourselves? Great analogy. So my tip really is just to become, sorry, to become secure within your insecurities. Ooh, like you can that. kind of be like, yeah, I don't love the way my boobs look, but fuck it, whatever. Like, doesn't matter, right? Like that kind of energy. I um, I definitely feel you on the boob chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely me. And it's funny because my partner is a, like, you know how generally men, and I'm a heterosexual, so men generally are either ass or tits guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They either yeah. like the tits or they like the ass yeah. in, a, in a heterosexual relationship. And I've always been with men who love the art, like love yeah. the ass. And I'm like, I think I've got a good tush, but then he's like, he's the first person I've ever been to, been with. He's like, no, I'm a boobs boobs guy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> but it's it's really beautiful to learn that acceptance part. And acceptance is to accept something without expecting a change to occur. Mm-hmm. You know, which is so beautiful. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series. This is a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle knowledge and increase cycle confidence. Throughout three live classes, you'll discover understanding your cycle hormones, what they are, how they change throughout the four phases of your monthly cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel. You'll also discover cycle disruptors and what you can do, those things that make you feel a little bit out of whack through your cycle off balance and impact your moods along with your hormones. And then we cover your cycle and natural contraception. Gain a better understanding of contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. Let's talk about, I'd love to throw in a topic here around sexual shame. And this is because of pleasure treasures and also something that you've recently sent me is butt plugs. Yes. I would love to talk about this because I feel on the podcast, we've already had topics around clitoral orgasms, cervical orgasms, squirting orgasms, yoni eggs, but we haven't really chatted about 
butt plugs. Let's and talk you, about anal. <laughs> let's talk about anal. Yeah, let's talk about anal. Yeah, it's it's such a shamed um, topic. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to think in my early 20s or if a guy wanted to do anal with me or ask me about that topic, I'd be like, dude, are you gay? It's the right? most shamed area of our, I mean, the most shamed sexual experience and the most shamed area of our body. So let's talk about it. Yeah. When it comes to, to, to shame around this topic, you know, how can we move through that? And where does the shame come from? And if, you know, someone wants to have this, oh my God, I have so many questions. Let's just start with those. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Rrr." laughs> um, so similar as, as to where you'd move through shame with your pussy. So like yoni gazing, when you do mirror practice, if I'm teaching that, I always add in a little bit with the anus as well. It's like Ooh, looking at your anus, right? Mm. Like we're, why do we do all this work? Gazing at our pussies, why not gaze at, at our anus? Um, and when you are doing that work of like sending yourself love, sending your pussy love, also sending it to your anus, right? Just meeting it with love. Ooh, meeting like with this. love is going to overcome shame. Mm-hmm. And Anal sex and anal penetration is the most powerful way to overcome shame. So energetically as well, we store all of our shame at our assholes, right? That's where it's all stored. So if you are going to open up to anal penetration, it's actually a really beautiful way to move through some of the shame and release some of this energy. And Mm. I mean, shame around our bodies, it comes up obviously when we're having sex. But if you are storing the shame in your body, you're living your whole life in your body, right? You're carrying that shame around you everywhere you go, right? Into friendships, relationships, into work. And it's this heaviness that you're carrying around. So if you can do the work to move through that and release that shame, you feel lighter and more expansive and open and accepting of yourself and who you are in every area of your life. Oh, I like this. I'm really liking this. Um, I know energetically, and I say this around poo. And I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, the poo mixing, shame too. <laughs> I'm mixing two topics together that are really not that great to mix together on a podcast episode that might freak people out. But but they come um, from the same place. I mean, exactly. This, this actually frustrates me, like stories mm-hmm. of like, I mean, guys, like you do anal sex and then there might be a little bit of poo and men complain about it. It's like you're sticking your dick in my asshole it's like expecting to do gardening without getting dirt on your hands (laughs) like you have to be comfortable with the fact that there might be a little bit of poo involved right (laughs) totally and it's the same with having like a squirting orgasm you have to be okay with there might be a little bit of we because they come from the same place yeah it's got to get messy but the hottest sex is always a little bit messy (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, amen to that definitely um I was going to say with poo though around the energy of that like the anus and mm. that that L or I guess that portal of the body is that when it comes to poo I always say that if you're holding on to shit in your life you're holding on to the shit in your body and that is literally your shit your poo and so mm. when you start to let shit go you start to have like if anyone's extremely constipated I'm always like all right let's talk about the shit in your life like yeah and you'd be surprised energetically how much that can just on from a nutritional side, just talking about the emotional aspect can start to release that. So it makes totally. sense that, you know, you using anal penetration or anal stimulation, I think is mm-hmm. maybe a good thing to add in there. 
Um, and remember, I'm not the sex coach. I teach on periods, which come through the other hole. <laughs> so this is not my forte. But those two points, you can imagine that, you know, if you're energetically letting shit go with your poo, that, you know, when you're penetrating or stimulating that area, you're energetically letting go too. So mm. when it comes to starting that journey, because I'm sure there's listeners who are like, okay, this topic is freaking me out and I've not done this before. Where do I start? I'm interested. Because there's a part of you, if you're listening to this and you've never done anything with your anus before, apart from There's probably a lot of people that are like, oh, chest tightening. What is this? Pause the the podcast, delete (laughs) subscription. Is that Sitting in a cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, It reminds me of like when um, Fifty Shades of Grey, the book came out and people were like hiding in the cover so no one can see that reading the book. Yeah. Okay, but if if women or people or menstruators are listening to this right now and there's an element of them are like, oh, this is disgusting, but I'm turned on this. Like, I want to learn more about this. What is the best steps of, if you've never done anything anal before of starting that process next after anal gazing? Mm -hmm. Tell us. So the first, I always say it's best to start something as a solo practice. So getting comfortable with exploring that area of your body on your own first before introducing that introducing anal play with a partner um so pleasure treasures anal angels are a pack of three they come in three different sizes from this a small one have you got are you run, you're running unwrapped the little one I've, the little one so asti sent me these three and i've only unwrapped one of them so far because i wanted to record a video of doing it so i could share um but yes keep keep talking yeah. And I just want to say um, before you keep sharing that my partner found this on my desk and he's like, oh, are these, is, is this a gift for me? Did you buy this for me? <laughs> so, yeah. I love that he gets project. excited about that. Oh, he gets so freaking excited. He's very, he's the most open, vulnerable man I've ever met. And before we'd met, he'd actually listened to my podcast episode that I recorded about my termination and was like, yeah, oh. this woman is open and vulnerable and that's what I like about her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know this for the first few weeks. And I was like, you what? <laughs> he's asking you all these questions that you haven't shared with him yet. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so what happened in your last relationship? How did it end? And I'm like, oh, it's kind of a long story. I might tell you soon. And he already knew oh all about gosh. it. Uh, apart from that, he knew about the termination, but you know, I haven't publicly shared why and what actually happened within the mm. relationship, but because that's a personal thing. But yeah, mm. open and vulnerable is hilarious. And so he saw these beautiful gifted butt plugs on my desk and was like, oh, are they a gift for me? So share. You're like, they could be. <laughs> Maybe. If he's yeah. open to that. Yeah, if you play your cards right. <laughs> Um, so yes tell us more about these so carrying on it's important to be really turned on and open and surrendered I mean in general before penetrating yourself vaginally or in the anus so you want to make sure that you're turned on so taking your time touching yourself um, turning yourself on and then I think it's nice to use one of the butt plugs just to massage on the outside of the anus and you'll notice that the more that you relax your your body will energetically open but your anus will begin to open a little bit as well so it should never feel really painful or uncomfortable it should feel quite pleasurable the whole time and you'll notice this kind of opening of your body welcoming in the butt plug um 
I find anal penetration can be really pleasurable. And this is why it's so powerful, right? You're meeting that most shamed part of your body with pleasure, which allows you to kind of defuse some of that shame. But your anus is... Is it like throwing love into something? Like if you just in terrible situations, (laughs) if you just throw love in, it's like eventually love takes over. Is that that how it works? It's like throwing in anal pleasure and eventually anal pleasure will just take over. Well, you just get to reassociate that part of your body, right? So you you constantly associate it with shame. Mm -hmm. Once you start self-pleasuring and uh, working with anal play, you begin to associate it with pleasure. It's just reassociating that part of your body. Um, And anal play can be really, um, really pleasurable. Your anus is actually connected to the clitoris with two nerves so it can actually indirectly stimulate your clitoris so a lot of women actually say that anal penetration is more pleasurable than vaginal penetration your Mm. anus actually has more nerve endings than the inside of your vagina so your clitoris number one we all know that right the clitoris is made for pleasure but your anus actually has more nerve endings than the inside of your vagina so when women say to me like they've never tried it I'm like what you're missing out you haven't lived (laughs) you haven't lived yeah and it makes sense then how and why men enjoy that too yeah you know like why men might enjoy you know if it's a heterosexual he may enjoy anal pleasure and anal play too not to mention prostate orgasms yeah yeah well anal penetration for the man is where you'll hit the the male prostate yeah, which is like so, the G spot for the man. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome. Um, such great tips. Okay, let's talk about the mindset of it. So if you are in the situation and you're like, oh yeah, self-pleasure feels really good. Oh, I'm really feeling turned on and open. Okay, then you might like lead towards, I'm trying to paint a really beautiful scenario here. Yeah. And you might lead towards <laughs> some anal touching and then some massage. And what happens or what would you recommend when the mind's like Gemma this is yuck don't do it as an example because I Mm -hmm. feel that in the moment sometimes that's where our mind can really create stories and kind of add to the shame so it's like Mm -hmm. fire on fire so if a woman or a man whoever is listening to this and would like to go through that process and do those things that you've mentioned um, which is beautiful by the way Next step is mindset. Let's talk about the mindset Mm -hmm. of the shame. Like what are some things they can do or read or listen to to support them through that or practices they can do in the moment, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when they're catching themselves out? So I guess there's two sides to this, right? Because there's the doing the work and the mindset to allow yourself to go further into the practice. But I also don't want to like put pressure on anybody or have anyone feel like they have to. So there's also the element of like recognizing and honoring your own boundaries. So I teach this uh, to women when it comes to vaginal penetration in a self-pleasure practice is before you penetrate yourself to hold your fingers or an egg or the wand that you're using at the entrance of your vagina and ask your body, feel into your body, are you willing and ready to receive this? Mm. And oftentimes it'll be yes, you can carry on. Sometimes it'll be a hard no. And sometimes it'll be like a maybe, like maybe you just need more time to get turned on, more time to open up. So this is a really beautiful way to get more connected with your body because your body's always going to be telling you if it's ready or not. And the more you practice this with with yourself, 
the easier it is to express these needs with a partner. And this is so important. Boundaries are so important in sexuality because when you have strong boundaries, you trust yourself. You trust yourself to say no if sex goes down a path or something starts happening that you're not really that into. So when you trust yourself and you know that you have that ability, you're able to fully surrender into that present moment, right? Boundaries offer a sense of safety and safety is important for orgasm. When you feel safe, you can surrender, you can open. That allows free flow of energy, which moves into orgasm. So the same thing with anal penetration, checking in with your body, asking your body if it's ready, going through similar steps can allow you to feel safe. And obviously you want to feel safe with anal penetration because you need to be open. You need to be surrendered. Uh, when it comes to meeting the shame, again, it's you don't want to shame the shame, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually okay that you're experiencing shame. So it's about accepting the shame, about throwing love on the shame. With all of our emotions, they're always coming up because they're trying to protect us. So the shame's coming up because you've probably... Somewhere deep inside, we tell ourselves, oh, if I have anal sex, then I'm dirty, I'm a slut, I'm this, I'm that. There's all these stories coming up. Underlying all these stories is always that if I do this, I'm not going to be loved, I'm not going to be accepted, I'm not going to be safe, right? So it's usually I'm not going to be loved or accepted. So the shame is actually coming up because it's trying to help you. It wants you to be loved. It wants you to be respected, um, accepted, sorry. So it's not about pushing away the shame and going, oh, I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that. It's actually about like reaching your arms out and holding the shame and calling it in and saying, it's okay. I see you. It's totally fine that I'm feeling this way right now. It's totally fine that I'm experiencing shame. It's acceptable. It's understandable. And holding it through the practice holding it through so it too can experience pleasure, right? Mm. So not just owning that part of yourself, but taking it along the ride with you. I and knowing that you can, like these energy, you can, you can experience different emotions simultaneously. So you can experience shame while you're experiencing pleasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, totally more you, the more pleasure you experience and the more that you practice as well, you're just going to be, retraining your mind, knowing that you are safe, you're still going to be loved, nothing bad's going to happen to you. And over time, it just gradually gets easier and that shame starts to fade away. Yeah, I'm loving all of this. It's really like watching the kid scream at the supermarket for not getting the whatever it wanted, the lolly or the drink. Yeah. You know, and the parents, all you can do is lean in and love. Yeah. You know, it's it's just leaning in and leaning yeah. into the shame and really opening yourself up to everything. And the analogy I always have around things like this is be the tree. You know, let the wind blow over you, but the tree never moves for the wind. The tree allows mm -hmm. the wind to blow over it and allows it to sway and move from side to side and front and back. And it's really about allowing and embracing rather than mm. like, do you ever see a tree like force its like, tr like trunk and its roots <laughs> and its or everything like into the winds? Like, like yeah. no, you won't blow no. <laughs> It just doesn't happen like that. And so acceptance and just embracing mm. um, is really, really powerful, um, mm. not empowering and powerful. So thank you so much for sharing. This has been amazing. I love all of these topics so much. It's been so fun. So let's just recap because we're nearly out of time. Yeah. If 
a woman or a menstruator or a, a human, a person on the planet would like to begin a um, anal pleasuring routine, number one is start with self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What would number two be? Then you can bring a partner in. I yep. actually wanted to say as well, because there is all that shame around poo, that if that's something that you're really worried about, I mean, you don't want to have that in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. but if you can get rid of that worry, it's going to make your experience more enjoyable. So the, if, if that is something that you're worried about, you can always go out and get an anal douche. So they sell them at most sex, store, most sex stores. Um, it's similar to doing a colonic, but it wouldn't go as deep inside like the body. An enema. But an enema, yeah. So it'll just flush everything out and then you can go in with like peace of mind that it's not going to get messy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, Or just juice fast for a week. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Um, (laughs) That'll maybe not be great for your menstrual cycle. But um, yeah, or make sure that you've definitely gone to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, make sure your bowels are completely empty. And to do that, you need to be eating good food and good quality fibers. (laughs) So yeah. I think anal totally. play is really for those who are healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> um, sure. Okay, cool. So number one is start with self. Number two, move to a partner or experiencing or playing or, you know, doing whatnot with a partner. Mm-hmm. Third will be really understanding your bowels and mm-hmm. your bowel movement. And like, are there any other like steps? Like I think getting butt plugs would be a great step. It's a, it's a, it is a great step because you want to ease yourself into it to yeah. go from like never trying any form of anal penetration to being penetrated by a penis is like, it's a big jump, right? So just baby steps, like start mm-hmm. with the smallest butt plug, move your way up to the next one. And then the next one, even if you like, I mean, even if you have done anal many times this is still helpful because it does take your body a long time to surrender open Mm. so using butt plugs before going for full penetration totally and just even on that it's important to like think about it in like the analogy that came to mind was like you wouldn't just go to the gym and pick up a 40 kilo dumbbell and start doing bicep curls like yeah you gotta warm up (laughs) yes warm up and then you need to start with one kilo then you might go to two and a half and then five and yeah definitely progress is key yeah. here I think progress equals perfection I think that's mm-hmm. that's a saying um oh my god I'm loving all of this and the anal angels come with a little video as well so they come oh, with good. a video um almost like a little masterclass, like going over some of the tips that we've spoken about today. But the other, the other pleasure treasures come with an audio guide. So for anyone that's like, I mean, regardless of where you are in your journey, there's something for everybody. Mm -hmm. So the egg comes with a guide that's more about just getting back into your body, connecting with pleasure. There's one that will guide you through all the steps and all the main modalities to enhance pleasure and move to orgasm. There's one um, that will actually help you move through shame, um, release any trauma. So if there's any tightness or tension um, in the vagina, if you're experiencing painful sex, there's one for that. There's one for sex magic. So using your sexual energy to manifest. And that's what makes, makes the pleasure treasure so different. Usually you just buy a sex toy and then it's like, okay, what do I do now? But these come with a practice. So it's like you can set up your space, put on the audio, and you're going to be guided and held through the whole process. Oh, I love this. Okay. I'm going to be popping all of these links in the show notes for Pleasure Treasures and the products. 
plus the three butt plugs that I now have and my partner now <laughs> thinks he's getting as like a surprise gift, even though his birthday is not for months. Um, all the links will be in the show notes so that if you're interested in exploring them, and I love how the small one, because obviously it's a podcast, people can't see this, how the small one really is a great starting size. Mm. So it's, it's very, you see it and you're like, oh yeah, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's confidence um, yeah. boosting too, which is amazing. Yeah. Asti, I've absolutely loved this episode and sharing all things from anal to butt plugs, to celibacy, to stripping. Thank you so much. <laughs> Tell our listeners, how can they find you? Like, what is the best way for them to connect with you? If they're like, oh, I want to work with this lady, or I want to learn more about this, this website and these pleasure treasures. Um, so my website is astymarie.com and then on Instagram is asti.marie. So A-S-T-I dot M-A-R-E-E. Amazing. Well, I will pop all of those links in our show notes. Now for our final podcast question, which I ask mm-hmm. all of our guests, mm-hmm. we're totally changing gears with this question, but I want okay. you to think back to your younger menstruating <laughs> self. So when you've got your menstrual cycle for the very first time, maybe as a teen or a tween, oh, she's already yeah. laughing. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, what are three things that you wish you had have known then that you now know today? Like what are three things you would tell to your younger menstruating self? That, I mean, the one thing that just comes up is there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. I was so ashamed that I never, I didn't even tell my mom. Like I hid it from her for, for a whole year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So just know that there's no shame. Mm-hmm. Nothing right. to be ashamed of. Anything else? Um, and that your period and your cycle is actually your greatest power mm-hmm. and that you're going to love it one day and you're going to be so proud to be a menstruating human. Amen, sister. Yes, love that mm-hmm. too. Um, and then final one, number three. Mm. I don't have a number three. That's okay. <laughs> I should have prepared. I'm like, I'm always prepared, babe. No, no, no. No, no, no. Well, this is a spontaneous question. I love it because uh-huh. sometimes like if I think back to my younger menstruating self, there's a part of me that's blocked it out. Yeah. But then when I really am connected with myself, there's a part of me that's deeply connected with that time in my life too. Mm. And um, I think that especially for teens and tweens, it is so ashamed. And teaching in schools you know, there's 12 year old girls and, you know, 13 year old girls that I'll chat, I'll chat with. And they're so embarrassed that they're like, Oh, why do boys have this? And why do I have to go through this, go through this? And I don't want my period. And how do I stop it? And it is so ashamed and it comes with a lot of other trauma too. And Mm -hmm. I think that anything that is hidden behind underwear, (laughs) yeah, yonis, anus, breasts, they're all very shamed areas of the body. Mm-hmm. And getting to know those areas can be quite confronting. And so I love that you mentioned both of those because I feel the same. Nothing mm-hmm. to be ashamed of. And your period and your cycle is your greatest power. I call it your superpower. It's your yeah. hidden superpower. Um, so Asti, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. All of the, sh- the links to who Asti is, where you can find her, her amazing butt plugs and other pleasure treasures you'll find in the podcast show notes over at wellson.com. But babe, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share all this wisdom with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. 
I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. Bye.